Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Like, I suppose the biggest thing apart from my family in my life would be hurling. So, like, it's, it's a case where... To have that taken away from me as well was like, well, what do I do next? You know, not knowing how long it was going to go on for, not knowing when you could see your friends again, not knowing, I suppose, in, in other people's circumstances, seeing family again, seeing grandparents, um, and like anyone that that was high risk, kind of is probably still kind of cocooning. I suppose, I suppose. So as I was saying earlier, not out of the woods yet, but we're getting there. But Last year was an absolute nightmare, to be honest. Like, it was, as I said, at the start, it was kind of, you know, we'll sit back here. This is only going to be for a couple of weeks. And we'll be back out again, no problem. And then as it kind of dragged on, like, we were trying to keep things ticking over. We were doing kind of Zoom classes and things like that, preparing that, you know, ah, we'll do the Zoom there for a month and we'll be back. But the Zoom led into another week of Zoom and another month of Zoom. And there's only so much you could have done. So... In the end, we kind of, I suppose, till we had concrete information of when, when we'd possibly be playing, we just kind of cut ties and, like, obviously we were still in touch with each other and that, but, like, there was very little training as such being done because, again, it was like it's very hard to to get motivated with no end date in in sight, you know. And then gardening must have been very frustrating when the season finally got underway in sort of last last July. It it really was a bit hit and miss from your point of view. Yeah, like it was, to be honest, like we were, I suppose, <laughs> I, I'd say it was a disappointing season because we lost the city final. But like in a way, you know, looking at it, Shandong division, division were one of the only divisions to, to finish the championship, um, which was a positive, you know, in both hurling and football. So that, I suppose, that, that was the, the positive side of things. Obviously, losing the final kind of added to the frustration for the year um, against the Lanes. But like it was, it was it was very stop start, and it was I suppose it was very hard. You're kind of waiting on on a phone call to say, "Look, lads, there's been a case. Things are pulled." You know, and it was very hard to kind of I suppose build momentum and um, I suppose prepare a hundred miles an hour because like each person has a different set of circumstance at home and that as well. So like you. First, when the restrictions were lifted, it was kind of it was in pods, and there was no there was to be no contact, and like we all know that the game of hurling and football are both contact sports, so like it was it was very hard to I suppose prepare for for what was going to be you know a straight knockout championship, 
um, with these with these restrictions in place. But again, we we done as best as we could. But like looking back, it it was like it was a kind of frustrating year all around, you know, and no fault of no fault of anyone really. Um, it was just the I suppose it was just what what life threw at us last year, and obviously the start of this year, but. It's it was one of these things where, to be honest, I think in a way it kind of levelled the playing field across the board as well. Because like a lot of clubs, it, like if you're playing at a, if you're if you've a, a junior A team or an intermediate team, you know you'd have players playing at that level and training at that level. Whereas there was no training, there was no matches, so everyone kind of got I, I suppose got the fair crack of the whip in that way. You know, no one had a head start or anything, so. You could say there was pros and cons to it, but definitely very frustrating, very stop-start. Um, and as I said, the more what I found very difficult was like every time the phone rang and it was the secretary or the chairman, you're kind of waiting to say, "Look, championship is off," or do you know, if there was a case found, we have to put curtail the training or whatever, do you know. But I, I suppose the fact that we we finished it out was a positive. But <laughs> as I say earlier, um. Losing the city final definitely didn't soften the blow. Now, I want to talk about yourself for a moment or two. You're a man with a most interesting story. You live in the north side of Cork City. You played hurling with Black Rock, and now you're playing hurling and you're coaching Lock Rovers. Please explain. So, I suppose it started off, um, I suppose, from the very beginning, like. My my father would have been um, a black rock man, so he would have grown up in Balnor Cottages, which some people would know as Mahin. But <laughs> if you say Balnor Cottages Mahin, <laughs> you you'll get a dirty look or two. It's all black rock. They tell you no. But um, basically, he grew he grew up there, and I'd be related then to the Cashmans, so Tom and Jim, and along the line there. So I suppose the fact that my my dad would have been immersed in in Black Rock. My uncle, um, like they were, they would have been all Black Rock. And like I'm the youngest, I'm the youngest of three. My two brothers would have started off playing at Black Rock as well, traveling up and down from Blackpool to to Saturday morning coaching and that. So I suppose I just followed, I just followed the lads, uh, followed the two brothers down, and I, I suppose I didn't really have an option. The fact that my dad was was involved, um, you know, since he was a child as well. But then when I when I stopped playing with Black Rock, um, a friend of mine who he be he be my closest friend, he was involved at Lock Rovers, and I was injured at the time, so he asked me to get involved. He was like, "Would you come out and do a bit of coaching?" So I said, "Yeah, look, I'll I'll come away out. There's no problem at all." And again, it, it the Lock is one of these clubs, Michael, where. I suppose once you once you see it and once you get out there, it kind of sucks you in. It's it's like a family more than a club, you know. And it's it's one of these things where, like I I went out. I, I'll never forget in my first session, um, you know, everyone over, hi, how are things? Are you joining? You know, that was the first question everyone was asking. You know, and I suppose like there was never, you know, at at times there you walk into a new environment, there can be a bit of awkwardness. Um, I suppose there was none of that with the lock, and I suppose I helped the fact that my friend, my friend was there, and I suppose I knew a few faces and stuff like that walking in the door straight away. But like growing up, growing up then in Blackpool, there was always kind of like there would have been always that kind of I went to the school in the North Man, 
um, in the Norman primary in the Grail Clash the Borough AG um, secondary so there was always that kind of rivalry any time we played the Glen or the Pearsheek you know being a goalkeeper there was always there was always um, I suppose a, an X on my back the, the forwards would hit a ball that, that be harder at you <laughs> knowing that you should be playing with one of those clubs instead of travelling to the south side but era, you know it was all it was all in good spirits um, and as well as that I suppose like a lot of people know like they, they know that my, my family were immersed in, in Blackrock and stuff like that so that kind of makes it easier to explain to people too you know and I know you did a bit of co- you mentioned the AG there moments ago and I know you you did coaching there as well what attracted you to coaching? So to be honest, I, like I, I'd be one of these type people, Michael. Where, like, I got a lot out of the game, even though I'm still only thirty-one. Like, I've, I've been around some what I'd, what I'd class as some of the, the greatest players to play with Cork and play the game. Like the likes of your Wayne Sherlock's, the two Browns, Fergal Ryan, and like I learned, like I was in the dressing room with them at fifteen, sixteen, and just the way they speak to people, the way they show you things. Do you know, I, I, I just. I don't know. I just kind of got a grow a grow for coaching from that, and as well as that, in in I suppose in in primary school, I won the Skeenish goal, um, with an art man, and we actually had a a brother coaching us at the time, as well as the old Bears uh, senior hurling manager, and he was I think he was a lay or a Camogie manager as well, Dennis Burns, um, so I, I would have been. Like I, I would have idolised Dennis. Um, even growing up, he was, he just said this way about himself that, you know, if you were struggling at a skill, ask him the question, and he'd spend he'd spend hours with you until you got it right. And I, I don't know. I just kind of, I suppose, I have that side of me that I just want to help people. Um, and it's just one of these things that I, I just, I just fell into it. To be honest, it was, it was a case where like I would have played the game at a high level. And then I was able to carry my experiences from my playing. I suppose, as I said, I'm still playing, but from my my time of playing at the high level, I was able to kind of convert that then into coaching and show people, you know, the the right things to be doing. Um, Like I suppose, my first gig would have been with the AG. Um, I would have when I when I left school after leaving cert. Don Logrady asked me to come back and coach the goalkeeper up there, so I kind of that's how I kind of got my first what you call my first gig, I suppose. Um, I coached I coached a guy by the name of Darrell Connolly's. He ended up playing senior hurling with the Pearsig and Cork Minor, but he um that's that was my first do, and I absolutely loved it. And from there on, I kind of fell in with under 14s, 15s, the Dean Ryan and the Harty teams. Then from there. I suppose Donald probably spotted that I'd I'd bit of a keen eye for it, and it was it was kind of doing them a favour as well. I suppose it freed up teachers to to stay in class that bit longer and stuff. So that's that's how it all started, I suppose. And like, even though I'm only thirty one, like I I'm looking down the line, like I want to I want to try go as high as I can in the game, you know. And don't get me wrong, like I'll I have a mission to to win a a city and county with with Lock Rovers before I go anywhere. So that's that's the first task at hand, I suppose. And Lock Rovers must have been thrilled to bits with you. Remind the listeners how many players you signed are you rounded up in the first year that you were there? So 
so in the first year, um, we we got in sixteen players uh, first day, and then we got like we got a couple of the players that would have been retired or I suppose opted out of playing down through the years. I contacted each person personally and asked them to get back involved. Um, so there was myself and, and Gavin O'Donovan, who was another big uh, advocate for, for get, I suppose, getting the show back in the road, getting players out, trying to bring the age profile down, you know. So, like, it was it was kind of a two-pronged attack. It was myself and and Gavin were kind of bringing out the players and it had a knock-on effect then. So, like, I, we'd say I brought out Joe Soap and Joe Soap brought out his friend type of thing. So... Uh, it definitely like it worked in our favour one hundred percent because like the age profile was was fairly high um, when I first joined and it was a case where like I used my my experience and I suppose my knowledge from from managing the AG above um, I knew that a couple of players were after falling out of love with the game and they might have they might have stepped away from the game to play soccer or you know for other reasons work or whatever so. I made it my business. I I went. I kind of got in touch with a lot of people, and you know, are you playing? Are you playing hurling anymore? No, I'm gone. You know, I was just approach everybody and just I suppose highlight the the kind of family orientated base that that Lock Rovers have, and like as I said earlier, like it's one of these clubs. Once you're in, you're you're in, and it's it's probably harder to leave the club than it is to join it in the first place. You know, like. Even there at the moment, we've a stalwart, and like I think he's 30, 38, 39 now, and he's even struggling to step away from it, you know. And like he said, it's 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 like a family, like and it's like it's like saying goodbye to a family that you know you won't see for a long time. He said that's the way it feels at the moment because he's trying to obviously he's he he has a lot of work ahead of him, you know. So it's it's one of these clubs, as I was saying earlier, Michael. It's 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 a family more than a a club. It, and like the hurlers, especially, and the footballers, it, it's a brotherhood. Do you know, like everyone is out there, like everyone has each other's backs. But on the field, off the field, if a fella's struggling off the field, you're guaranteed there's fellas rallying around them and stuff like that. You know, which which is absolutely brilliant, especially in the current climate. And I suppose people really have started to take notice of Lock Rovers there over the last number of years. Like he he won the Junior C football a county final in 2017. Now, I know that you were injured for the latter part of that, but, of course, then in the hurling, uh, he lost the, 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 county, the county final in Junior B in, in 2019. So, like, there are green shoots all around. Ah, 100%. Like, it's, it's one of these things, like, it's, you know, I, when I came in, it was it was kind of a work in progress. And, you know, there was, as I kept saying to the lads, it was like a three-year plan. You know, develop each year. Um, so like we won Crave Rua as a Crave Rua Cup. We won two leagues. Um, since since I've been there, but like it's it's definitely like it, it's definitely on the upward spiral, and we're getting closer and closer each year. As I was saying earlier, unfortunately we lost to Delaney's in the city championship final last year. But again, you like the way I see it, that's experience for this year. We'll use that hurt going forward into into the coming year and. Like we know, we know what went wrong. We'll we'll try right them wrongs as best we can, and we'll be we'll be as as prepared as best we can as well for the the coming season. But there's definitely there's definitely um, greener pastures ahead once we stick together and we keep working hard. 
and of course now in the, the, the next journey is the uh, 2020 County Championship in a couple of weeks time it's Rat Pekin in the Junior B uh, hurling and uh, Lismore in the Junior C uh, football w- what's the sort of expectation at the moment out in the club? Well, to be honest, like it's, uh, it's just keep, I suppose, keep the feet in the ground, stay ground, work hard is the kind of mantra we go under. Like, at the end of the day, unless, no talent, like we've all the talent in the world, but unless you work hard, you, you'll you win nothing. Do you know, it's, it's I suppose, that's, that's what I'm drilling into the lads. Do you know, you, even though we've been in county finals, we've been in city finals, that doesn't give you a God-given right to be there every year, so... I suppose it's just keep keep the heads down, keep doing what we have been, keep working hard, keep plugging away, you know, and like eventually, and sometimes it just comes down to luck, you know, and if you keep working hard, I think you actually earn your own luck. So it's just plug away, stick together, you know, and I suppose keep the, the two teams plugging away together themselves and uh, keep pushing things as, as much as we can in terms of with training and the quality of matches and things like that. So it's just, Stay grounded and keep working hard would be what we're what we're at out in the club at the moment. Like, especially, I suppose with the the twenty twenty county coming, it's coming at us thick and fast. Um, it's on the thirteenth of June, the football semi final against Lismore, and the winners of that are in the final the following week. So, like, there's under a month to go into that. So it's like there's a lot of there's a lot of hard work to be done before we can even I suppose think about winning anything this year, you know, you have to you have to win your first round first. Uh, and it, uh, the way I see the, the the county championships this year is like a step it's like a a set of steps. You just have to climb one step at a time and touch wood when you get to the top you'll be able to take that last step, you know. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 